The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome to Psych Up Live. I'm your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. And on this show, we'll be turning up the psychological perspective on many life issues. To do this, I want to include you in the conversation. This is Psych Up Live. I welcome you to listen in and call in with questions, comments to today's show at 1-866-472-5788. You know, we've been doing a very important series. We've been doing a series on reducing sexual violence on campus. And in some earlier shows, they are available as podcasts now, we considered the importance of male voices in the prevention of campus violence. And in our last episode, we joined with researchers to consider consent stories, the verbal and nonverbal language of sexual intimacy. When is a yes a yes and a no a no? Today, we move from awareness of sexual violence to taking action. And we're going to get an inside look at the use of a nationally and internationally known program to reduce sexual violence on and off campus, the Green Dot Project. Our guests are experts in their own right. Jesse Lyons is an associate director of Green Dot. Jesse holds a Master's of Arts in Gender Studies from the University of Louisville. She specializes in training, curriculum development, and bridging theory to practice in violence prevention strategies. Juliette Berengia is a senior at Connecticut College. She's studying human development and sociology. She is in her second year of an internship with the Director of Sexual Violence Prevention and Advocacy at Connecticut College. As an intern, she contributes to the implementation of the Green Dot Program at Connecticut College and helps to oversee a group of anti-violence peer educators with her co-interns. She works under the heading of Dr. Darcy Folsom, part of the SAFE program at that college. Jesse Lyons and Juliet Varengia, it's my pleasure to welcome you to Psych Up Live. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you. Okay. Um, Jesse, let's start. Maybe you can really fill out the backdrop here. The slogan of the green dot, from what um, you've told me, is ending violence one green dot at a time. What exactly does this, this mean? Well, Suzanne, what we know is that violence is happening at really high rates on our college campuses. As many as one in three women and one in five men will experience dating violence. With sexual assault, we're talking about one in four women and one in ten men that will experience some form of sexual assault. Um, With stalking, maybe as many as one in four women and one in 13 men Mm. will experience stalking at some point. And these are rates of violence that for most of us are pretty unacceptable. So if you imagine a map of your campus community... And there are red dots covering the map. Like if you've ever seen the movie Outbreak or I Am Legend, you see these images that represent the spread of an epidemic. Our vision at Green Dot is to imagine a campus map where each of these red dots represents an individual moment in time where someone makes a choice to hurt someone else. A red dot is someone hitting their partner. 
It's someone engaging in sexual activity without another person's consent. It's someone stalking another person online using Facebook or following them around. I don't know on any given campus map how many red dots there are, but I know collectively we've got enough red dots across this country that we're sustaining these really high rates of violence. So the idea with Green Dot is you imagine putting a green dot amidst all of those red dots. A green dot is an individual moment in time where someone makes a choice to do something to prevent violence from happening. So a green dot is walking a friend to their car because they're afraid their ex is stalking them. A green dot is you overhear somebody in the room next door escalating with their partner, and you just knock on the door and make a little bit of small talk to defuse the situation, or it's calling campus police or a resident advisor. Anything that any one of us does to stop a red dot from happening puts a green dot on the map. So the idea is if we've got more green dots on the campus map than red dots, we're going to see rates of violence come down. It's giving everybody a solutions, some way to step in to prevent these red dots or these acts of violence from happening. It's terrific. Now, one of the things that I know you mentioned that really stayed with me is you said, I don't think it's that college kids, boys, girls don't want to step up. I mean, because we're going to talk about how you actually help folks use and do a, a green dot of intervention. It's that they're not exactly sure what to do. I'm sure they're anxious about interfering with whatever they see is going on, even though it may seem violent or potentially really predatory. So let us know, how do you approach young people on campuses? Um, are they? Is it voluntary? Do we get the kids who always come out? How does Green Dot approach a campus and involve students in your program? Um, Well, one way that we start is sort of creating a safe space for the conversation. So what you've just mentioned, Suzanne, is that it's not that people are not involved in this issue because they don't care. In fact, I think most college students don't want the next rape or assault to happen any more than you or I want it to happen. It's that it's difficult for them to get involved and to do something about this. So we actually, when you look at bystander dynamics, have lots and lots of research that tells us precisely why people don't always step in, even when they really want to, really good, good people. Um, So things like personality traits, like I'm shy, I hate conflict, I don't want to draw attention to myself. Um, Also, the power of peer influence can be really strong. I don't want to get crap from my friends for intervening. And then you've got bystander dynamics, um, like diffusion of responsibility, which most folks are familiar with. In a high-risk situation, in a big crowd, lots of people in that crowd are just going to assume that someone else will take action, and so the responsibility for intervening will just literally diffuse. So our approach at Green Dot is not to say, gosh, if you haven't intervened every single time you think you should, you're a bad person. Instead, it's to acknowledge those barriers affect all of us. In fact, most of us have been in situations where we felt like we should intervene and did not. Um, If that's been you, you're perfectly normal. That's a human response. We want to give people solutions to those barriers. Um, Very often with bystander intervention, people will think, gosh, my only option is to bust right in, make a big deal, confront someone. And in fact, the barriers to doing that are pretty strong. What we do at Green Dot is give people lots and lots of different kinds of options to intervene so that no matter what makes it difficult for you, there's almost always something that you as a bystander can try. So that's a really important place to start in engaging a campus community is just making it safe and accessible for anybody to see themselves as a part of this. So if I was on a campus and I heard, I might see it written down, I might hear someone say, you're gonna go to that. You're gonna to go to that green dot thing. Uh, we call it safe on the campus where I teach the SA pro- program. Um, what would motivate me? I'm in a sorority. I'm in a fraternity. To even go and find out about it. I mean, is it something that every student hears about? Is the staff trained to talk about it? How do we actually get the young people in front of the trainers, and who becomes the trainers? Um, So our approach at Green Dot is to go in and work with folks on a campus to train their faculty and staff to implement violence prevention strategy. We don't, as an outside organization, want to come in and do the work on that campus. Um, Instead, we want that to be driven from the inside. So we'll come in and we'll increase the capacity of the staff on that campus to implement violence prevention strategies and implement Green Dot. Those staff members will get in front of students in lots of different ways. The two places we always have people start is with relationships and connection to the issue. Um, 
Building relationships with folks on your campus community is really, really important. Um, taking the time to invest in, care about different groups and individuals on campus. So we have staff start there, building strong relationships across the campus. And then getting people connected with this issue in whatever way they connect with it. Um, and what I know is that people connect with this issue of violence in lots of different ways. Um, I tend to be a sort of emotional person. So if someone's talking about um, the emotional impact of this issue or the personal stakes, their personal story as it relates to this, I, I feel really connected um, to the issue of violence prevention. Not everyone is like me. Um, some people want to look at research. They want to know the hard and fast numbers about how much violence is happening on campus, how effective the program is going to be. Um, you've also got people who connect to this because they care about a safe campus community for the larger interest of that academic um, community. So we know that exposure to violence, for example, has a really strong impact on academic performance, and there's lots of research that bears that out. So some folks might connect to that. So it's really just getting people connected to this issue in a way that they um, – that's effective for them. Okay, so once they're connected, well, let's go back to what, what you had mentioned in terms of look, bystander strategies. I know one of the things we, we talked about um, when we spoke about this was one of the things Green Dot does offer are strategies and actual tactics for young people to use. So what would be some of the bystander strategies that someone could use to infect uh, you know, a um, green dot, to make a green dot happen. Yep. So we um, at Green Dot talk about two different kinds of green dots, reactive green dots and proactive green dots. Reactive green dots are those things that I do in the moment when I see concerning behavior. Um, and in fact, in those moments, I have lots and lots of options as a bystander. Um, we train folks on what we call the three Ds, which are direct, distract, and delegate. So a direct intervention might be walking right up to someone and just checking in saying, hey, are you okay? Um, a direct intervention could be calling out a friend by saying something like, oh, I don't think that person is sober enough to go home with you. So that's a direct intervention. Not always the best option for everyone. Um, the second option is delegate. Get somebody else to do it. Um, if because of my barriers I don't want to intervene directly, if I feel like somebody else is better positioned to intervene in this situation than I am, I can delegate it to them. So I can tell the bartender to go check on a high-risk situation. I can ask his friends or her friends to get them home. I can call campus police if the situation looks really high-risk for violence. You get just as many brownie points if you get somebody else to do it as if you do it yourself. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then the third option is distract, which is sometimes all a situation requires is just a little bit of a distraction. So one of my favorite stories that we've heard from a student um, was a young man who was at a fraternity party. He was a first-year student um, and had an older member of that fraternity had been watching him throughout the course of the evening kind of feed a young woman drink after drink after drink. She became really intoxicated, and he started to pick her up and carry her toward a back room. And this young man was concerned the situation could lead to sexual assault and he did the first thing that he could think of to do he walked right up to that guy and said dude your car's getting towed and that <laughs> guy bolted good. out of the party like right. that's all the situation required was a little bit of a distraction to keep the red dot from happening mm-hmm. so that's the first kind of green dot the reactive green dot um, the second the second kind that we always talk with folks about is the proactive green dot and the good news is I don't have to wait for a red dot to cross my path in order for me to do something about this problem of violence on campus. In fact, anything I do any day of the week to communicate to the people around me, we don't tolerate violence on this campus, everyone is expected to do their part, that adds a green dot to the map. So having mm-hmm. a conversation with a friend about this issue, posting a story about bystander intervention to Facebook, wearing mm-hmm. an anti-violence t-shirt, or putting, putting a slogan in my email signature, all of those proactive behaviors also add green dots to the map, which mm-hmm. create a community that's intolerant of violence, right? It makes it less likely yes. that red dots are even going to show up in the first place. Mm. I, I particularly um, love the idea of the posting of examples. I was in a group where people were talking about it was a hero project, very similar, and people were talking about times when they had dared to step up to take care of someone who looked like they were in danger, um, and in doing so, 
in the sharing of what different people did, the rest of us were very inspired. So I really think there's momentum in people posting, telling, as small as it may seem, it's big from what you're saying, and I I couldn't agree more. The other thing that I think, um, in addition to delegating, I I think we spoke a little bit about this. I also think if, if I was in the train or I was on campus and I saw someone really becoming very um, verbally violent with someone and I thought, mm, I don't really have the strength to take this situation on myself, I think in most cases, but I want your input, if I turned to someone, a larger person, maybe a male, and said, you want to help me with that situation? I, I, don't, I don't think that looks too safe. I think in most cases, people will agree to join in. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, What we know is there's a dynamic that happens with bystanders called helping model, which is that if I model a helping behavior myself or if I communicate to bystanders around me that helping in this situation is the the expected or right thing to do, those people are much more likely to step in, either on my behalf if I can't get myself to intervene or as a a group. Um, I one time was talking with a woman in training who said her favorite intervention strategy, if she's with another person and sees a high-risk behavior, is she'll just turn to that other person and say, eh, does that look right to you? And she said just saying that, nine times out of ten, that other person is going to step in and do something. So it's a really low-stakes, easy intervention for her to delegate it to someone else. Yes, it's terrific. So now, are these the kind of scenarios, just as you're offering them to our listeners, that become part of the training on a campus? Yes, uh-huh. we talked through lots and lots of examples of bystanders beha- bystander behaviors we've seen before and helping people identify their own barriers or obstacles to action and come up with solutions that feel realistic for them. Now, is any part of the program um, self-care in the sense of um, <clears throat> alcohol or going alone to a party if you're a female or a male or not having a ride home? Is that any aspect of this? So one thing that we um, are really deliberate about with Green Dot is maintaining the bystander perspective. And I'll tell you why this is important. I've been doing violence prevention work for about a decade now. And historically, what we have done on college campuses is approach students as potential perpetrators of violence or potential victims of violence. And we've talked about the risks on either end. Well, the problem is um, those strategies have not been very effective at engaging students. Approaching them as potential perpetrators We've bred lots of defensiveness and people who are uh, potential allies. I think about men in particular by talking to men across a college campus as potential perpetrators of violence and saying, no means no, make sure you get consent, let's review the legal definition of sexual assault, and like a hundred different ways of saying, if we're not totally being clear, you all are out there accidentally or on purpose raping and beating women. When men on a college campus hear that over and over and over again, we should not be surprised that they start to get defensive and they don't want to engage. Um, And what you're talking about, these sort of risk reduction strategies, are another way we've talked to students on the flip side, we've talked to them as potential victims of violence, and we've given them a list of don't do this, don't do that, and you won't get assaulted, um, which not only has not been effective, um, but it hasn't been a really great way of engaging students. Um, what we know in order for those risk reduction kinds of strategies to be effective is one, you have to sort of connect with your own sense of vulnerability. You have to believe that something bad could happen to you. And two, you have to be willing or want to listen to somebody in a position of authority tell you what to do about that. And we're delivering these messages mostly to college freshmen. What we know is true at this developmental stage is, one, they don't feel vulnerable to bad things happening, right? right? You have that sort of sense of invincibility. And two, they are adults now, and they don't need me in authority to tell them what to do. So it's just a really poor developmental match. The approach that we take at Green Dot is to take all of these things that we know are risks for violence and put them through the bystander lens. 
So now I'm engaging everyone, right? I'm engaging men and women alike, LGBTQ students across the campus alike, not alienating them by talking to them as the problem, but instead assuming you all are allies, you're on my side, you don't want this to happen. And I can take that same risk reduction list and put it through the bystander lens and suddenly be heard in a way that I was not heard before. Um, So I think it sounds like a subtle shift to the bystander lens, but it's a really, really significant one in engaging college students. It's, yeah, we're going to take a brief break, but it's a wonderful perspective that puts everyone, it makes everyone more available to listen because it really drops the defensiveness because everybody is being approached as a potential helper. Um, It's very, very interesting and very valuable. We're going to take a brief break. You're listening to Psych Up Live. We've been speaking with Jesse Lyons, who is the director of the Green Dot Project, and we're talking about the application of this program as very effective in reducing campus sexual violence. We're coming back to get some students' perspectives. Stay with us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. Um, We are talking about preventing sexual violence on campus. We were just speaking with the director of the Green Dot Program. And now we're going to be speaking to Juliet, um, who's going to give us the student's perspective of the campus uh, model and how it feels to be involved with Green Dot on Connecticut's campus. Juliet, um, I know you're involved as an intern, but can you roll the film back a little and tell us what was your impression when you first were exposed to Green Dot on, on the Connecticut campus? Sure. Um, well, thank you for having me. I, um, when I first got to Connecticut College as a first-year student, um, I remember hearing about the Green Dot pro- um, program at Connecticut College probably about three or four different times before I met Darcy Fulsom, um, who is the Director of Sexual Violence Prevention and Advocacy at Connecticut College, and she helps implement the Green Dot program. Um, I heard about it from my residential living staff, from my student advisors, from a couple other staff members in the Office of Student Life um, before I got my overview speech. So during orientation at Connecticut College, all first-year students have a brief overview of the Green Dot program by Darcy Folsom and Cece Curtis, who um, is the Director of Wellness, Alcohol, and Other Drugs. Um, and they do the program together. So I remember going in um, 
uh, I was really young, with um, other first-year students and kind of learning about how the culture at Connecticut College is one that is highly, highly informed by Green Dot and the morals of Green Dot. Um, and then students can kind of choose how they want to get involved or if they want to get involved from there. Okay. <clears throat> now, um, we are going to come back to I see we have a caller. We have Zachary on um, calling in. Um, Let's bring him on because let's hear a perspective from a male, and I think he's from Middlebury. Um, Zachary, are you with us? Yeah, hi, hello. Okay, welcome to Psych Up Live. Zachary, Juliet was just sharing her <clears throat> initial experience at Green Dot, and now you are from Middlebury, Zachary? Yeah, Middlebury College in Vermont, yeah. Okay, so um, as a male student... Um, we hear all kinds of good and bad about male students. I've had sons, so I've heard it. Um, let us know, how did you feel when you heard about this program? Did it make sense to you? Did a lot of you and your friends push back on it? What can you share with us, Zachary? Uh, I think, lucky enough for our campus, I haven't encountered any pushback to the Green Dot program. Um, I had been working in the Office of Health and Wellness Education for a couple of years, and um, we had been implementing various uh, uh, violence prevention programs and also looking for other ones that we thought would suit our needs better. And um, when we came upon Green Dot, it worked for, it worked for um, me as a student, me as a male student. It worked for uh, um, Barbara McCall, the Director of Health and Wellness Education. We thought it was just something that would, would work universally. And um, it, it's interesting because... Uh, through my experience with Green Dot, I have really never felt that it takes gender into consideration because it is such a community-focused program, and the okay. idea is so focused on <clears throat> bystanders and not on the, the victim-perpetrator narrative. So okay. I felt that my role was an individual in a community and not as a male in a, a power structure, I guess. So let me ask you, Zachary, did you ever implement the program? Did you, in fact, ever put a Green Dot on that map? Yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> Can you share that, please? Yeah, well, so I, I believe before on the program they were talking about the two types of green dots. There's the proactive and the reactive green dots. So I, I love talking about green dot. I think it's a great program. I have uh, a green dot pin on my backpack. I have a green dot sticker on my water bottle. I have a shirt. I have two shirts, actually. <laughs> okay, um, green so dot I think that's something that, that gets brought up in conversation all the time. And uh, so, so those are, I mean, I... I can't remember specific right now, but it comes up maybe on a weekly basis at least. Um, and yeah, they, I, I mean, do you would you like a specific story? Sure, it would be something great. Reactive. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, um, I was in um, my my dorm in the common space uh, with a number of friends, and we saw one of our friends walking back with a male student, and uh, she seemed uh, pretty intoxicated. Um, and we didn't really know who this male student was. So we were all sitting in the common space and she walked by in the hallway and we all kind of looked at each other and had this moment of realization like, wow, something might not be right here. Right. So we all kind of collectively made this, this impulse decision to call her into the room and, and kind of check in uh, with where she was. And she was, um, we found out through talking to her that she was much more intoxicated than, than uh, I think she or we realized at first. Okay. Um, and through uh, conversation and asking a, a couple of questions, we found out that she really just wanted to go back to her own room. So then we kind of like huddled around her and, and spoke to the guy and was like, like we're, gonna, we're just going to take her home. Uh, you have a good night. Um, she, she's, she's coming with us. Great. What a great story. <clears throat> That's a perfect example. Um, Zachary, if you had to tell listeners why both male and female students buy into this, what would it be? What would you be telling them? Well, I'd say uh, that Green Dot works with, I, I think inherently we all um, have an attraction to community. It's something that we all appreciate because it's something that is universally helpful to all of us. Um, and I think Green Dot is really uh, interesting in that it hones in on those community values that are so essential to all of us, whether it's on a college campus, whether it's in the community of a town, whether it's in the community of a workplace, Green Dot says you are 
a valuable member of this community and empowers you as a valuable member of the community to take action when there's an instance of violence that could be happening in that community because those instances of violence don't just affect the individuals who are involved, but they have ripple effects that impact the community as a whole. So I, th- I think it really pulls at, at our community responsibility to, to, to uphold um, and take care of each other. It's terrific, and that's what you did. I want to thank you for calling in, Zachary, and your college community is very lucky that you're on that campus with them. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay, you're welcome. Juliet, I'm going to go back to you. Um, I, I like your impression of what Zachary said, but I also want to, want to ask you, on your campus, um, has there been a pushback to this? Has it been difficult for people to step into this bystander role? Where does alcohol come in? What's your impression, Juliet? Um, well, Zachary actually touched upon a lot of the main points, um, did a really great job. I would completely second the community aspect. Um, at Connecticut College, we have an honor code. Um, so, so since we started the, the Green Dot program, it's really, really aligned with our values as an institution to take care of each other, to respect each other, to respect ourselves, and to enact um, and behave in ways that are, are morally um, positive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was one of the things that I like best about the Green Dot program is that the skills that you get in the training and that you practice on and off campus are really transferable skills to your post-grad life and to things in other community settings like Zachary touched upon as well, like the workplace, public transportation, really any, any community setting. The other thing that makes Green Dot, I think, so attractive to students in particular is um, the idea of social buy-in. So when you're implementing Green Dot in a community, oftentimes you'll go to people that do have a, a strong stake in the issues that, you know, maybe if it's a college campus, gender women studies majors I know talk a lot about these issues already, other women's groups on campus, and then once it starts to become implemented, it becomes attractive to other students and it becomes a, a popular thing. People want to know what what other students are doing, what other students are interested in, how to make their environment a happier and safer place. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to a lot of students. Okay, we're going to come back and ask you about those skills. We have another um, caller in, Tom from Connecticut College. Tom? Hi, yeah. So I'm Tom Conlon. I'm from Connecticut College. I'm a senior uh, member of Residential Life and a men's ice hockey player, and I've been involved in the Green Dot program in uh, in a different capacity a little bit than what Juliet has, but uh, yeah. Well, now Tom, you're you're an athlete, so the traditional stereotype is that the athletes are the ones who have the parties, and they're the ones who connect muscularity with masculinity, which could go down not such a great pathway um, in terms of dominance over other students, over female students. Tell me how. Um, you think that Green Dot was approachable for you, and was it for your teammates? Uh, sure, Suzanne. So uh, from, a, from a male athlete standpoint, uh, there's definitely that, uh, that perception that the male athlete could potentially be the problem. Um, so what's great about the hockey team here at Connecticut College uh, is we've had some, some student athletes before I even got here who said, okay, this is the problem, and what can we do to help? So, so those guys went to Darcy and they said, how can we get our hockey team involved here? Uh, and out of that came the Green Dot Hockey Game. So the Green Dot oh. Hockey Game, uh, we have it in, the, in the, the last part of our season, and that's an opportunity for us to really show our support as male athletes uh, for the Green Dot program. So what we intend on doing there is uh, having a, pro, uh, a proactive Green Dot and uh, – Showing our support where we, re- we wear green jerseys, we have a lot of the, the different sayings and things around, around the rink, and it's, for us it's really great. It's our most well-attended game, and I think we're proud of not only the fact that it's our most well-attended game because, yeah, it's great to play in front of some people, but it's also a great <laughs> opportunity for us to get people in the building and get people around the Green Dot, the green dot mission and the Green Dot program. Oh, it's just um, so yeah, we're definitely we're definitely aware uh, that the perception is, hey, this may be a male athlete problem, and that's something we really wanted to be proactive about 
and mm-hmm. implement something where we feel like we can make a difference. And that's definitely with our Green Dot Hockey game. Wow. It sounds like a wonderful event. So let me ask you, Tom, have you, have any of your teammates or any of your other friends on campus ever actually personally intervened to create a green dot in the face of a potential red dot? Sure. I mean, there's, there's plenty of opportunities on a college campus to intervene. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities not only to, to intervene directly, but if, you, if you're more of a, a passive person and you want to delegate, that's a great way too. Um, one of the great ways we like to do this in college is with food. So we give people an opportunity, hey, we're going to distract you with some food. Here's an opportunity <laughs> to, uh, to move away from the situation you're in, maybe come into a safer place. So that's definitely one of the things that, that I've heard the most uh, especially on our campus. Wow. So in other words, if you see a potential conflict or dominant situation, you go over and invite someone or both or one of them to have something to eat or to go with you to have something to eat? Definitely, definitely. This is, that's a great way uh, for me to, to intervene. And, you know, like I said, if you're not the person who thinks you're going to intervene directly, you can definitely delegate to somebody who's going to be more comfortable getting in there and, and uh you know, I guess, quelling this uh, potentially violent or dangerous situation. So you're really underscoring this whole community approach. Nobody has to be Superman in this model. I mean, you're really working as a team. Exactly, exactly. And that may just be part of the team culture that I've always been involved with. But uh, really what we try to promote as a team is that this is an opportunity for us to make a difference on campus. And just to harp on a lot of that community aspect that uh, has been talked about over the course of the show, we really view our, our campus as a community. And mm-hmm. as male athletes on the, on the hockey team, we think that's a great opportunity to promote the Green Dot mission and get, get this in front of everybody and get this in front of a majority of people. So that's been our, our goal as a team. It sounds terrific. They're very lucky to have you. So do you feel you'll be taking some of the Green Dot skills with you when you graduate? Absolutely, yeah. I Personally, I've been, uh, I've been pretty involved. Um, so it's been something that I've kind of surrounded my time with here at, uh, here at Connecticut College. So it's definitely something that's going to stick with me. Uh, and I'm going to, I think, be able to utilize these skills in a number of different aspects of my life moving forward. Um, one of the things I really... I really believe about Green Dot is that it's not only it's not only great for intervening in uh, potentially violent or uh, sexual scenarios, but also in other scenarios, maybe towards bias or something of that nature. Okay, great. Well, listen, thank you so much for calling in. They're lucky to have you there, and I'm sure whatever firm or school you go on to, they'll be lucky also. Thanks so much, Tom. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. So in a, we just have, we have a little, very little time left, but I wanted to go back to you, Juliet, and we can pick it up on the other side of the break. I wanted to ask you how this has been applied to the LGBTQ community. And in fact, what do you recommend in terms of expanding Green Dot on your campus and in other campuses? Um, we're going to take a brief break and come right back with more about reducing sexual campus violence through the Green Dot Project. Stay with us. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. the Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel. From maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking about reducing sexual campus violence through the Green Dot program, and we're speaking at the moment with Juliet Berengia, who is not only a student at um, Connecticut College, but she's an intern working with the Green Dot program. Juliet, I wondered, as we've listened to the, uh, the young men who came on and Jesse Lyons, how could Green Dot, and does it apply to other forms of personally based violence or dominance, racism, um, stereotyping of um, young college folks from the LGBT community, what have you seen, and is there an application there? Yes, definitely. Um, so Green Dot was originated and implemented mainly for sexual violence and acts of sexual assault and other forms of intimate par- partner violence, but the techniques that you learn in Green Dot training can be applied to other forms of bias as well, especially um, homophobic comments, racist comments, the same 3Ds, direct distract, delegate, are more than applicable for those instances as well because it touches upon each individual's confidence and opportunity and understanding of ways that they can intervene and kind of diffuse the situation before it escalates. Um, You see that a lot in all public spaces, unfortunately, and it's definitely applicable to bias other than gender-based. So if you were to be in a group and you heard someone speaking in a very racist way, um, how would a bystander from the green dot perspective, how would they respond? Well, it definitely depends on the type of intervention that you're most comfortable with. For me personally, um, at least for commentary, I typically take a direct approach. That's a personal choice. I would probably say that I'm very uncomfortable with that type of commentary, and if I'm uncomfortable by it, then the rest of the group or the people that we're with are probably uncomfortable by it too. If that individual has a problems with that later, I'd be more than happy to talk to them about it later. But normally mm-hmm. a very brief type of commentary is enough to diffuse it and take away kind of the power in that situation, and the commentary usually will stop. What I love about your comments is you not only talked about yourself, but in some ways, including you have a feeling the other people feel the same way, it's probably true, and they might not have the ability to speak up, but you did change the dynamic of that situation. It's very, very, it's very, very interesting. And have there been cases on your campus where groups um, uh, have been stereotyped or in any way uh, made to feel dismissed, less than, discriminated against? Have there actually been incidents where you've seen or heard about Green Dot uh, in terms of your work, on, uh, in terms of safety, personal safety on the campus? Uh, there have definitely been instances off the top of my head. I can't think of anything too specific, but I do know that 
um, the amount of students that are trained in bias intervention and Green Dot program at Connecticut College gives me a lot of hope that those situations will be diffused. Um, I understand that bias intervention is very difficult for a lot of folks, um, but the, one of the greatest things about the program, in my perspective, is that not everyone will intervene every time. We say um, that nobody has to do everything, but everyone has to do something, meaning that if you do one green dot, then other people will be doing them too. And if there's a time that you can't do them, that's okay because the hope is that enough people will get trained and catch on to the mindset that they will be doing it too. So in terms of bias, it definitely does happen in Connecticut College. It happens everywhere, but we're trying to address it as proactively as we can. Nice. So if there was one experience that you had that has really stuck with you from, and I want to thank you, and I'm sure our listeners are pretty impressed, your work as an intern, this is your second year as an intern, intervening with these programs. Is there any particular event that really stands out in your mind, is very memorable to you? Yes. Um, So like I mentioned before, all first-year students get a little taste of ice intervention at Connecticut College when they arrive on campus and then can choose to become more involved if they'd like. This year, um, Darcy let me know that she was doing a training with a bunch of students. A first-year student was there, and she asked some of the folks in the room how they decided to come to training, how they got involved in training. And this first-year student, a couple first weeks at college, said, I just kind of thought that this is what you do here. Um, And that was a really, really meaningful moment for me as well as for Darcy and the other interns because it meant that our work really matters to people, and I come to work every day, every every time I have office hours, and I wonder what the extent of, of this effort is, and that's the extent. It's when people come to Connecticut College and hopefully leave Connecticut College knowing that that's just sort of what you do here. Terrific, terrific. Let's go back to you, Jesse, um, the director of the Green Dot Project. In terms of your work, what would you say to our listeners if you were to give a take-home message that really um, might influence them or impact them in some way? Because we see this is something that certainly works on or off campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I guess one of the most helpful things that I heard as a bystander in my community when I first became involved with Green Dot is what has sort of become our motto. No one has to do everything, but everyone has to do something. You don't have to solve this whole issue for your campus or for your community. If you just do your one or two green dots over here, I've got my one or two green dots over there. Someone else is taking care of their part of the map. Collectively, we're doing something bigger. I really believe there are enough of us willing to say, enough. I'm not going to tolerate these rates of violence anymore. And when we add our green dots together, we are going to see these rates of violence come down. Now, Jesse, you've intervened, the Green Dot program has intervened over how many different campuses roughly at this point? Oh, gosh, we're on um, over 400 campuses at this point. We've trained folks. And and has there been any, any kind of uh, data that shows incidents have been reduced as a result of the Green Dot pro- project? Yeah, there are a few um, published studies on Green Dot. You can get those on our website, which is livethegreendot.com, where we've definitely seen seen decreases in violence, increases in bystander behavior, some shifts in attitudes, which has been really, really exciting. Mm. Now, just from your personal perspective, now you've worked in many different aspects of sexual violence prevention and intervention, and that's something that... um, The Green Dot seems to believe, right, that intervention and prevention are inextricably connected? Yes, indeed. Right. So, and which means what? Just if you would clarify that for our listeners. Um, Well, that, that, um, in fact, one of the best ways we can work to prevent violence is to intervene in these high-risk situations. And our intervention agencies are a great place to start. Where we're seeing the greatest momentum are places and communities and on campuses that were created to intervene after violence had happened. So services that were set up for survivors now are turning their focus from intervention to prevention and really figuring out how we get in front of this thing and make it less likely people get hurt in the first place. So ultimately, we don't need all of these intervention services. So it's a good example where good can ultimately come from lessons learned from bad in some way in terms of uh, the prevention programs unfolding after an incident. Um, So in terms of all your work, what would you say is the thing that has surprised you the most in in bringing Green Dot to campuses? 
I think maybe the thing that has been surprising in the most wonderful way is the hope that I've seen on college campuses across this country. Um, what, what I know about hope is that there's no chance of success without it, and that's not just sort of rosy thinking. There's actually a whole body of literature on hope that tells us if we don't believe that things actually can change, we won't take action to change them. And in the time I've spent visiting college campus after college campus across this country, the hope that I have seen for change, the drive, the desire for change has been absolutely amazing. Um, People have created spaces where they've made it safe for their students, for their staff, for their faculty to hope and hope big that we can actually get in front of this, that we're going to change this culture of violence on college campuses, that we are going to reduce rates of violence, and hundreds and thousands of students and faculty and staff members have stepped into those places with them. Wonderful. It's just moving to even hear about it. Um, so at the moment, I'm, I have to thank you and um, Juliet for, and our young men, Tom and Zachary, for really sharing something very poignant and very powerful with our listeners. I would say what, what you mentioned, which is we all become aware and then we all become somewhat helpless or frustrated or anxious, and we really wish we could step up, but we don't have the tools. But even as simple as your three Ds, uh, delegate, distract, and direct, really, you know, it's something you can carry in your pocket. And I think it's something that all of us listening can take with us and know that there are ways in which a small green dot can make a very big difference. Mm-hmm. So, so I really want to thank you both for a beautiful show. We're going to continue this series in a few weeks. We have Dr. Sherry Hamby coming. She's the author of Women Who Are Abused Stronger Than You Think. And she's going to be talking about the resilience that we can start to associate not only with those who are intervening, but those who have suffered some sort of violence that nobody can take away the potential, as you say, Jesse, for hope and future resilience. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this show and any of our prior shows as a podcast on my website, on my host site, on the podcast app of your iPhone, and on iTunes under Psych Up Live. Next week, best-selling author Ariel Ford will be joining us to discuss her new book, How to Turn Your Partner into Your Soulmate When Your Relationship Stops Feeling Happily Ever After. Thank you again, Julie and Jesse. Yeah. Okay, Um, I would say to listeners, drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, please take care. Thanks and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.